What's going on, everybody? This is DeVore. You are tuned in to the Not For The Bay podcast. You can listen also Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and all other major streaming platforms. Also, be sure to go ahead and follow us on our social media pages, Twitter, Instagram, and on, on Facebook. This episode of the Not For The Bay podcast is brought to you by Bet Us, where you can re- receive over 125% in bonuses upon sign-up. All you have to do is click the link in the description and type in join one, two, five. Now tonight's, excuse me, tonight's parlay we're going to be running with is the Minnesota Timberwolves over the Dallas Mavericks. Um, the Boston Celtics over the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I'm going to go out on a limb here tonight. I'm going to go ahead and run with the Washington Wizards over the Houston, Houston Rockets. And also one more. I'm going to do one more with the Chicago Bulls over the Toronto Raptors. Um, big show this this afternoon. It is now, what, two, uh, 4.49 p.m. Monday, e- Monday evening. Um, NFL news all over the place. Another quarterback has been traded to the AFC. So the AFC right now is completely loaded with a whole bunch of elite quarterbacks. Can't wait to hop into it. So, I wanted to go ahead and just top it off with the big news today is going to be Matt Ryan ends up getting traded from the Atlanta Falcons to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, in return, the Atlanta Falcons ended up getting the 2022 third round pick uh, for, for just Matt Ryan. Now, a lot of folks think that that's the value for Matt Ryan should be a little bit higher considering the fact that he's a franchise quarterback. But considering the fact that Matt Ryan, he's 37 years old, uh, he's going to be 37 years old on May 17th this year. And the fact that that cap hit that he, the cap that he's going to be take that cap hit that he's going to end up taking uh, from the cap hit, the Atlanta Falcons are going to take from, from, from Matt Ryan's dead money is going to be like over 40 million. That's going to set like a, a new NFL record for dead, dead money that has been carried over onto a team. Now, when I look at the Atlanta Falcons, I feel, I felt like this deal definitely had to get done just the point of the Atlanta Falcons are obviously in like a rebuilding stage as far as what they're trying to do. I feel like the last couple of years, the Atlanta Falcons tried their absolute best to possibly keep making, making, putting something together to keep making runs at the playoffs, but it hasn't, it hasn't worked out over the past couple of years. And at this point now with Matt Ryan about to turn 37, I feel like at this point they, owe him the service of being able to go out and possibly win a ring with a team. And this, obviously the team I feel like is a quarterback away with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Last year for the Indianapolis Colts, things didn't turn out the way that it was supposed to turn out. They had, they had a rough start at the beginning of the season last year. There was no doubt about it. They played some, some pretty good, some pretty good playoff caliber teams uh, early on. And then they tried to get the thing, 
get that get that ball rolling. They was led by Jonathan Taylor, and just the only the only handicap they had towards the end of the season was the quarterback with Carson Wentz. Um, most notably, the game versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, a game that you all you had to do was win the game, and you could have got into the playoffs. And unfortunately, they couldn't pull through and 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 get the win versus the Jacksonville Jaguars which made them miss the playoffs. So them bringing in a Matt Ryan, who's coming from the Atlanta Falcons, who obviously they struggled to be able to pass protect. Pass protect. Uh, Matt Ryan was literally looking like a deer in headlights last year with, with, the, with the Atlanta Falcons. Not a lot of weapons um, due to Calvin really end up taking his, well, we know, we're not exactly sure if it was um, a mental health a mental health leave of absence with the Atlanta Falcons, obviously the development of Kyle Pitts. But outside of that, Cordell Patterson, like the weapons were definitely not there. The lack of the running game for the Atlanta Falcons. This is a perfect fit for Matt Ryan. Takes a lot of pressure off Matt Ryan too as well for them to be able to have a Jonathan Taylor running the ball in the backfield with also the offensive line. I feel like it's probably the top five offensive lines in football right now. Um, I feel like they should, they should, they should, they should, they, the Indianapolis Colts should definitely be playoff contenders in 2022, especially when you look at the division. Like you have the Tennessee Titans, you have the Jacksonville Jaguars, you have Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars, oh my goodness, and the Houston Texans, who just end up making the tra- trading Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns. So I don't see the, I don't see the Houston Texans coming out of the, out of the South. And basically the only competition is possibly the, the Tennessee Titans. I don't feel like the the Jacksonville Jaguars did enough this year for them to be able to be contenders in in the AFC South. So um it's it's definitely going it's it's it's, it's definitely a two-man race. It's definitely a two-man race between the Titans and the Indianapolis Colts moving forward. Now, I would say that the Indianapolis Colts should go ahead and try to add another piece uh, to the puzzle as far as the wide receiver position. I feel like that position is a little bit underwhelming for the Indianapolis Colts. A possible reunion with Julio Jones and, and, and Matt Ryan would be would be would be pretty good. Obviously, Julio Jones does have some durability issues, and I'm missing some time last year with the Tennessee Titans uh, with the hamstring, but if you was able to add him to the Indianapolis Colts with that rushing attack with Jonathan Taylor and that great offensive line to have Matt Ryan be able to do what he needs to do off the play action, the Indianapolis Colts could definitely be scary. They definitely can be scary. Now, on the flip side, when we look at the Atlanta Falcons, with the head coach Arthur Smith last year, they end up bringing in Marcus Mariota, ex-Oregon Duck. Um, Arthur Smith has a relationship with him, obviously, with his time in in Tennessee when he was the offensive coordinator, when Marcus Mariota was there. Now, the thing is with Marcus Mariota that is concerning is his ability to throw the football. Now, at the same time, like I said, the relationship that them two had possibly – him sitting behind Derek Carr, he was able to develop himself holding the clipboard and just sitting back and just watching um, Derek Carr do his thing with the, with the Las Vegas Raiders. But I, was, I really, 
I, I'm not. I'm not sold on. I'm not sold on the Marcus Mariota at this point. I'm not. I'm. I'm really not. But at this point, really, who could the Atlanta Falcons could have gotten out and gotten that could have been an upgrade? Because Jameis Winston, which we're going to get to in a second, end up going back to the New Orleans Saints. So you really didn't. You really didn't have anybody else to go out in free agency and get at this point. In, at this point, where we're we're almost done with free agency. So <clears throat> this gives this gives Marcus Mariota an opportunity to revive his career. It's, it's that that first round that first round talent career that we was expecting him to be be phenomenal. Now over, over the course of his career, he's had sixty one starts and only had, has a twenty nine and thirty two record, and has an eighty nine point five passer rating uh, in the NFL. So again, the relationship is there between Arthur Smith and Marcus Mariota. I'm expecting Marcus Mariota to bounce back um, and be the player that we knew coming out of Oregon, uh, especially with his, especially with his mobility, him able to make plays with his feet. Um, the next signing that we have up is Jameis Winston. Now, I believe that once the Deshaun Watson situation was done, then we was going to see a whole lot more quarterback situations. Well, excuse me, quarterback dominoes to fall. Now was Jameis Winston. As soon as I, I'm believing, as soon as the New Orleans Saints were out of out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, I believe they was already on the phone trying to talk to a Jameis Winston, try to bring him back. Now the contract is a two year, twenty eight million dollar. Two years, $28 million, and includes a $21 million, $21 million guaranteed. Now, I am so freaking happy. I am so freaking happy that this Taysom Hill experiment is over. This, this proves it right here. For them to bring back Jameis Winston, this proves we are done with this whole Taysom Hill experiment. Me, personally, I never have been a believer in, in Taysom Hill. I always felt like he is definitely not a quarterback, but I, I a slot receiver at best. They want to put him in all these different positions and and all this other stuff. Like that's just I, I'm just not I'm just not a fan of it. I'm I'm just not a fan of it. Now he does have a positive record with, with seventy two and seven and two, but I was not a fan of the contract that he got. It was a four year contract. It was going to be twenty two. It was twenty two point five million. And it was going to it could have got it could have bumped up to like ninety five million if if Taysom Hill would have won the job. Now Jameis Winston obviously he tore his ACL last year, and Taysom Hill came in and played a couple of games, and I was just not impressed. I, there were injuries involved as far as Taysom Hill, but I just feel like Taysom Hill is just not a is just not a good quarterback. And for those that criticize Jameis Winston for his time in New Orleans should be the same in themselves because I just hear not one peep about the play of, of Taysom Hill and it can't get no worse than what Taysom Hill was doing if we're, if we're being completely 100 with each other but I'm glad that Je- but this is still a question mark it's still a question mark at, at the quarterback position for the New Orleans Saints considering the fact considering the fact that Jameis Winston is coming off of a, a, a knee surgery an a- ACL tear we don't know what Jameis, what kind of Jameis Winston we're gonna be getting back, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping we're gonna be able to get a Jameis Winston where 
he can he can carry he can carry the New Orleans Saints team to a possible playoff run this year in the NFC South. Now, I wanted to I wanted to do a double dip. I want I wanted to do a double dip with the whole Baker Mayfield situation in Cleveland. Now we touched on it in the earlier. I appreciate all the comments in the comment section, by the way, of what their opinion of Baker Mayfield. But we all understand the aspect of when this whole conversation of of the of the Deshaun Watson situation, where they ended up, the Cleveland Browns ended up being out of the running for a Deshaun Watson. And then turn around and end up making the deal. So people have a lot of speculation of what led into that whole situation. Why the why Deshaun Watson ended up having to change his mind about that particular situation. I, I, I my honest opinion, my honest opinion. It came down to the Baker Mayfield situation. Baker. Where it was like we're at a point of no return right now. You tried to get a Deshaun Watson and tried to kick me to the curb. That's cool. I'm done. Trade me to another team. Trade me to the Indianapolis Colts, which we're gonna get to the Indianapolis Colts again in a second. I think at that point, once they did that, once 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 Baker Mayfield did that, it was like all right. Put all our chips on the table for a Deshaun Watson. And we we just gonna we just gonna do it. We just gonna do it. We just we just tired of Baker. Baker's acting childish. Baker, he he's just not what we want. He's just not what we want in a franchise quarterback. And boom. That's where it ended up into being a fully guaranteed contract with the Cleveland Browns to pull off a trade with the Houston Texans to attain a Deshaun Watson. Now, back to the Colts. Considering the fact they just pulled the trigger on this Matt Ryan trade, knowing that Baker Mayfield wanted to get traded there, the list of teams that are quarterback needy are dwindling. The list of teams, it comes down to the Carolina Panthers, the Seattle Seahawks, the Detroit Lions, and now the Atlanta Falcons. The best possible scenario right now for Baker Mayfield, we are probably looking at the Carolina Panthers. I strongly believe the defense is there. Like they have the weapons. You add a Baker Mayfield, which again, a lot of us are not really big fans of Baker Mayfield. We think he's a game manager. You got to give the Cleveland Browns a lot of credit too, as well. They surround, they gave, gave Baker Mayfield all the opportunity to be successful with the Cleveland Browns, just could not get it done. But yes, the Carolina Panthers, I feel like, is the best situation. They are on a wit, they are in a win now mode. Matt Rule, I feel like, is on the hot seat this year. If he does not get it done, you bring it. You bring in Baker Mayfield. Obviously, it's not that much of an upgrade over Sam Darnold, but hey, 
it's the best it's the best possible scenario that you can have as far as the Carolina Panthers are concerned. The Seattle Seahawks. Now, this is this is a situation where they're clearly on the on the, on the rebuild mode right now. And they just got rid of Russell Wilson. They got an open space. They end up getting Drew Locke back in return. I would prefer to see a Drew Locke in that situation. But we'll see. We'll see. The Detroit Lions. It's a possibility. Current quarterback right now is Jared Goff. Honestly, if if we're being 100 with each other, I feel like Jared Goff is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. And then last but not least, we have the Atlanta Falcons, who just, again, just recently just traded, who recently just traded Matt Ryan. They could need a court. They need a quarterback bad. Because again, I'm not sold on uh, Marcus Mariota. So it's a two man tie, two team tie. The Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. But I just felt like we just had to, we had to double dip on Baker again because Baker does again doesn't get his wish. He doesn't get his wish. He do, he demands a trade, wants to go to the Indianapolis Colts, and boom, that's off the table. Let next. Next. All right. So obviously we didn't have a pod over the weekend. So we're 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 trying to play catch up here. The Los Angeles Rams, two big two two moves that I liked a lot. Two moves that I liked. Right. The LA Rams, they agreed to a four-year deal bringing back Matthew Stafford, $160 million. $160 million extension, $135 million guaranteed. Last year, 2021, tied the franchise record for 41 touchdowns. And the playoffs threw for 1,188 yards, nine touchdowns, and three interceptions. Also had a, cu- a couple of uh, game-winning drives during the course of the playoffs. I like Matthew Stafford. I really do. People have people 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 don't give Matthew Stafford a lot of credit. I'm going to pump the brakes on the whole Hall of Fame situation, but when it comes down to once you get that Super Bowl ring, it just puts a brand new perspective on how you look at a quarterback. And I felt like his years with the Detroit Lions, the lack of the lack of winning there does kind of hurt him, but come on now, it's Detroit. They don't really do much in Detroit. Had some years with Calvin Johnson, only, what, two playoff appearances with the Detroit Lions, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong. But also, I feel like with the with the Rams last year, they need to establish that running game on a consistent basis to take the pressure off of 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 Matthew Stafford. I feel like once you once once Sean McVay puts a little bit too much too much on Matthew Stafford's plate, here come the here come the turnovers. And again, I strongly believe Matthew Stafford has enough to win football games for you, but let's not let's not put all put it all on Matthew Stafford for him to win football games. They got a nice run of game. Cam Akers came back from from the knee from the Achilles injury, I believe. Played phenomenal. Played phenomenal down the stretch. Sony Michelle came in, was a nice compliment. Daryl Henderson as well. Nice compliment. 
Now, this is where we're going to transition into as far as the receiver, the receiver, the receivers around him. Now, we know who we know Cooper Cup led the league in almost every single receiving statistical category. He's phenomenal. A lot of us thought that the that the Los Angeles Rams were going to try to run it back, bring back all the players back in 2022, make another run at the Super Bowl with the same players. Unfortunately, they didn't keep Von Miller. He's in Buffalo now. The question mark with Odell Beckham Jr., I believe, has been answered with the signing of Allen Robinson. I love Allen Robinson too, man. Like I'm, 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 ext- I'm extremely disappointed in the Miami Dolphins not pulling this one off. But the Allen Robinson signing with the Los Angeles Rams is an excellent weapon for Matthew Stafford, a very, very underrated wide receiver. The deal is a three-year, forty-six point five million dollar deal. The last three years. Allen Robinson has only dropped six passes. He has the most contested catches since 2018. So now, when we turn around and we look at the Rams receiving core, clearly, Cooper Cup is your number one guy. So that means Allen Robinson is going to be getting the number two corner when he, throughout his whole career. Allen Robinson has been the number one guy. And again, same stat, has the most contest, contested catches since 2018 and has six drops in the last three years. That's crazy. Can you imagine Sean McVay drawing up, drawing up plays for Allen Robinson and he's the second option. This is a hell of a pickup for the Los Angeles Rams. I love this pickup. I really do. I really love this pickup. We're gonna we're gonna start a series, right? And I think we're gonna. It's not exactly a series because I feel like we're gonna be we're gonna get it done within the next three pods, right? So. I haven't exactly came up with a name with it yet. I'm just going to be, we're just going to call it, we're just going to call it the worst team free agencies pickups. And this is in regard to as far as did they do enough based off the 2021 record and players that they had on their roster did they do enough to make their team competitive? If that makes sense. No, we're just gonna keep it basic. Just keep it basic. Who had, who had the best free agents? Who had the best free agency 2022? And who had the worst free agency 2022? We're gonna go ahead and just kick it off with the worst, all right? So I'm sorry. A lot of people call go call me biased, but it is what it is. Y'all can, y'all can agree with me if you want. But the Dallas Cowboys, by far, had the worst NFL free agency 2022. Let me explain why. 
obviously, obviously, excuse me. The Dallas Cowboys, they signed, they gave Dalton Schultz the franchise tag. Last year, 78 catches ranked third among tight ends. 808 yards, receive, receiving yards, excuse me, ranked sixth among tight ends. Eight touchdowns, which ranked fifth. I'm cool with that move. Now, that's possibly the only move I really like with the Dallas Cowboys. The only move. Now, during the course of this offseason, this this just starts the whole domino effect. The Amari Cooper trading to the Cleveland Browns. Considering how he was your best receiver, I get it. I get it. We wanted to save money. Uh, I get it. But do we really think that C.D. Lamb is going to be able to fill those shoes and be that number one guy? Can he do it? Now, last year for C.D. Lamb, he had 79 catches, 1,102 yards, and six touchdowns. Pretty good. Pretty good. But again, it comes down to, can he be the guy? Now, let's look at the wide receiver depth. You bring back Noah Brown, one-year deal, $1.2 million. Last year, had 16 catches, 184 yards, and only started one game and played in 13 games. That's one receiver. You bring in James Rob James Washington from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Signed a one-year deal. Last year with the Steelers had 24 catches, 285 yards, and two touchdowns. Where are your receivers at? Michael Gallup. You bring him back. The five-year 26, excuse me, 62.5 million dollar deal. Not to mention, he's rehabbing an ACL tear that he suffered in 2017 last year. So he may not even be ready by week one for the Dallas Cowboys. And he's clearly going to be your number two. Now, you let Cedric Wilson go out in, 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 in free agency and sign with the Dolphins, who, had, who showed some promise for the Cowboys. But really, just looking at the weapons that you that you left Dak Prescott, which I'm not really a fan of the whole contract of the Dak Prescott. You really didn't give him nothing to work with. That's number one. Now, let's let's look at the defense now. Let's look at the defense. What are we looking like? Right. Somehow you let Randy Gregory. Slip through your fingertips. He signs with Denver. You bring back Demarcus Lawrence. It's a three-year, $40 million deal. Which, understandable, you wanted to save money. The cap hit was going to be $27 million if he didn't end up getting cut by the, uh, by the Dallas Cowboys and went to $14 million by bringing him back. My biggest issue with Demarcus Lawrence is durability, number one. And number two, ever since he's gotten that contract, since 2018, he has not had a double-digit sack season. 
He played seven games last year. Seven games. Where your pass rush coming from? I get it. You you bring back Doran's Armstrong. Hopefully you guys see some promise in him having five sacks last year for y'all. Dante Fowler. You acquire him. Have four and a half in 2021 with the Atlanta Falcons. But it's just a lot of question marks with the Dallas Cowboys right now. Like, I felt like you could have did a whole bunch of other things. And I didn't even touch on the offensive line. Didn't even touch on the offensive line. You, 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 you cut, you cut Leo Collins. He's with the Bengals. You let Connor Williams walk in free agency. Tyron Smith, we don't know what the hell goes on with Tyron Smith. Like he's, he always got issues. He's always hurt. So that your, your 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 pass protection is 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 messed up. And you just left you left with Zeke, which since he's got paid, he hasn't exactly performed to the contract. And by you not being able to have offensive linemen that are able to run block for Zeke, you just made it worse. I'm just saying, man, take a big look at the Dallas Cowboys. They in trouble. They are in trouble. And looking at the NFC East right now, looking like the Eagles, they're looking like the favorite. Followed by the Washington football team. And I know I don't want to put, I don't want to put too much, too many eggs in the in the Washington football, excuse me, the Washington Commanders. God, I'm getting used to that. I don't want to put too many eggs in the Washington Commanders basket, but it's looking like the Washington Commanders are going to be on the uprise this year. Watch out for the Washington Commanders. That's the number one team that had the worst free agency. Number two, let's go to my team, the Miami Dolphins. Okay, Chase Edmonds, it's a two-year deal, $12.6 million. I'm cool with the contract. My thing is, He's a change of pace back. He's not a starter. He needs to be spelled upon occasion. I'm not a fan of Miles Gaskin at the running back position. I get it. You bring in Raheem Mostert, who who shined in that in that in that in that Shanahan offense slash McDaniel's offense, who's going to be implementing, who's going to re-replicate it this year with the Dolphins. You bring in Cedric Wilson, who my thing is with Cedric Wilson is the fact that he was the fourth option last year for the Dallas Cowboys. The fourth option. Right? So that would be Amari, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and then Cedric Wilson. You're the, you're the fourth option on the team. The fourth option. It 45 catches for 602 yards and six touchdowns last year with the Dallas Cowboys. Looks good. It looks good. But again, when you when you being upgraded into being one of those guys, and you're going to be demanding the number one or the number two guy on a consistent basis, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to prove that you can do it. 
You got question marks at the receiver position with Devontae Parker. I get it. You bring in Preston Williams. I think the Preston Williams move was more towards a a potential type deal. That's what that was. You brought back a whole bunch of free agents. Alanda Roberts, which I wasn't really sold on Alanda Rodgers. I like the move of bringing back Emmanuel Agba to the four-year $65.4 million deal. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what are you going to do to compete with the Buffalo Bills? And I'm looking at it on paper. They didn't do anything to 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 upgrade their team enough to compete with the Bills. We're all waiting on the we're all waiting on the destination of Teron Armstead for the Dolphins. Hopefully they can get that one done, but I think they're going to overpay considering the fact that we can't afford him to leave Miami without a deal. Can't afford him to leave Miami without a deal. I know we just got finished talking about excuse me, Connor. What I I've just it was on the tip of my tongue. I just had it. I just had it. Mm, mm, mm. Offensive line in general. Offensive line in general. So question mark on the offensive line. We don't know who's playing left tackle. We don't know who's playing right tackle. We don't know. We have no idea what is going on with the Miami Dolphins. And it was funny. I saw a tweet the other day. I saw a tweet the other day about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills game, playoff game. And the and the and the tweet was what after this game, this game put the NFL on notice. As far as, are you comfortable with your quarterback situation? And I'm going to say for the Miami Dolphins, no. You bought in the Teddy Bridgewater to back up Tua because we already know Tua got durability issues. But my thing is, even with Tua as your starter, I don't believe that he can go out there and win a shootout for you. And I may be coming across as a two a hater, but at the end of the day, it just comes down to what the national media has made two out to be. And going back to Connor Williams on the offensive line, at fifty one had fifty one starts, was penalized fifteen times during the two thousand twenty one season, and had. 13 of those were holding penalties. It's a start, but they need to finish the job, though. They need to get Terran Armstead. So, with that said, I'm thinking we're going to probably do another two the next time we have a pod. So that would be the third worst team 
in free agency. And that'd be one team that had the best free agency, the next pod. We are currently approaching the 56 minute mark. So be sure to go ahead and follow us on the social media pages, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Also, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and all other major streaming platforms. This episode of the Not For The Bay podcast is brought to you by Bet Us, where you can receive additional 125% in bonuses upon sign-up. All you got to do is type in the promo code JOIN125. Click that link in the description. You heard early on what the parlay was. I'm trying to make you some money. This is the Not For The Bay podcast. We are up out of here, man.